2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The
0: building downtown. The building, downtown. The building downtown. Hey yo, this is Building Downtown. You can follow us on social media at the Billion DT. You can follow and subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Jason Kelly. You can follow me at jkellymma. You can follow my ho- co-host Krill Raps at krill. Sorry, Krill (laughs) Kasatsky at Krill Raps. And my other co-host who can't be with us tonight, Amy Barton at Ames Bells. And check it out, amystreats.com. She's been ramping up her different kinds of cookies and different kinds of treats she's making. Make sure you check that out as well. So tonight's guest, we've been coming with some heavy content lately. Tonight, we're going to have some fun. It's going to be a nice, light episode, easy to digest. I met this guy literally when he was a kid, 18 years old. This was about 10, 11 years ago. And at that time, he was hanging out with Chuck Liddell. He was taking Ariani Celeste to prom, knocking people out in 13 seconds. And now you can find him on YouTube on Random side quests, kicking the shit out of the video game world. Connor Cordova, how's it going, my man? Hey, it's great to be here, man. I, that was quite the introduction. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> you earned it. I'm sure you've had some other great ones over your uh, career and the many different avenues you were in. But uh before we get into this video game stuff, let's let's take it back. Like I said, you when I first came across you, like I you said, you're eighteen years old. This is yeah. when Facebook was just popping off and uh You know, we were in some MMA group together and your profile pictures changed like weekly and it'd be like you and Anderson Silva, you and Chuck Liddell, you and George St. Pierre, you and Trevor (laughs) Whitman. The list goes on and on. And then when I got to know you, it was like, yo, you really know these guys. It's not like you're a fan waiting in line for this shit. How the hell did you get in like that, especially at that age?
2: Oh, man. Well, you know, it's um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the movie Almost Famous, um, but there's like a, a line in that movie that really reminds me of just kind of the circumstance that I found myself in. And it's kind of like I that during that time, it was kind of for MMA, like the last death rattle of rock and roll kind of deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've known um Chuck Liddell's coach, basically my entire life, John Hackleman. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so I've been kind of around that world for a, for a decent part of my life. You know, I've, I've known Chuck Liddell or, uh, and been around him for and probably since I was 11 years old. So mm-hmm. um, that was kind of my first in. And for my family, like some people, they watch football in America or they watch baseball uh, for me. And as you know, like for my family, it was always MMA. Both mm-hmm. of my parents went to UFC 1 in Colorado. Um, and from there, that was just kind of our thing. That was, that was kind of how we spent our, our free time. And after that, um, you know, just kind of training, you know, being in the martial arts, um, I kind of got an itch to to maybe try this, this video journalism thing out. Like you said, like just as a kid, like 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And my coach who wasn't overly well known um, at the time only by like the really hardcore kickboxing fans, MMA fans, but now is justifiably very well known Dwayne Lidwig. Um, uh, So I was training with him when I was about 16 years old. And I told this guy who worked at this um, website called thefightnerd.com. I have no idea if it's still going on. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm like, hey, I, could I make a video for you? I could get an interview with Dwayne Ludwig, And uh, he's I was like, you can? I was like, yeah, I can. I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing him next week. And the, so the first interview I ever did was with Dwayne in uh, the parking lot of a KFC uh, <laughs> when I was like 17, 16, 17 years old. And it was towards that. And it kind of all just... Um, rolled on from there and we met through my first website MMA religion and yeah it was just it was one of those there was a time in the UFC when you're talking about access back to your question it's so much it was just so much more open then because the sport was so new and you could just walk up to somebody and be like hey Dan Henderson would you do an interview and be like yeah sure (laughs) and then uh, you'd get a little bit of a reputation for and none of my interviews were overly serious or or news oriented but they were just about them and kind of being funny and really not searching for those um moments that are like those gotcha moments so i think fighters felt inherently safe doing those interviews so um i got a lot of access
0: yeah that's the thing i I was just going to say that a lot of people like did did you ever plan with any of them like some of the the the, these weren't hard hard hard-hitting questions right they were like out-of-nowhere questions, really oddball questions, and you get the fighters laughing and joking around. Did, did any of them, were any of them ever thrown off? Because I remember every video, it just seemed like they were, they just, they ran with it, they had fun with it, but were cool. any ever, you know what I mean, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think after a couple
2: questions, they they probably understood kind of the vibe of what was going on. I would say there were a couple that, and it was never because they were like a jerk, but, you know, some fighters are inherently kind of just quiet people they Mm -hmm. they aren't seeking the spotlight i think a perfect example of that he's like the sweetest guy in the world uh keith jardine Mm -hmm. and he just but very very quiet person and just trying to get him to uh kind of come out of his shell a little bit but i think we totally we got it towards the end there because i think also being a fighter you end up doing the same interview with different people over and over and over again and that was kind of a running joke um, I'm sure it, with you and, and and me and everybody else who it's like, all right, how's the fight camp going? Yeah, Exactly. And, how's the and, week uh, cut going?
0: Know, Who's you bringing you, for training? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
2: it's just, and, and my goal very early on was to not do that interview and was really to never do that interview. And I think the fighters really appreciated it as it's kind of a breath of fresh air. And from, so I would say, the more quiet people. I think Kane Velasquez was kind of like that too. <laughs> just one of those really quiet guys having to get out of their shell a little bit. But yeah, after that, we just have fun.
0: Wasn't it George St. Pierre, you were asking about something about dating or something?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I asked everybody about, especially during that time with Ariani, <laughs> And he's like, uh, show him who is the boss, you know? <laughs> it was, it was uh, and he was, he's a really nice guy too. And I think one, being young, but two, also just, being knowledgeable about what's going on and being able to ask educated questions. Um, One of, and I, I, I won't name names or anything like that, but I remember there was one time where we as the press corps got to train with Vanderlei Silva and I was so stoked. You know, I've been a fan of Vanderlei my entire life such a monster and at the end he says all right um is there anything here that you guys would want to learn from me i'm and i'm like before i can even get out of my mouth i'm like i really want you to show me how to clinch i want to how do you do your knees because they're so vicious and this guy's like can you show us how to do an arm bar like you're gonna ask what? anderson silva how, how to do an arm bar <laughs> like he knows how to do it but it's like if you could ask him anything that's, that's yeah uh, that's
0: not the one that's yeah.
2: not <laughs> so so for me it was a combination of Really wanted to make the fighters look as best possible, which is for most of them uh, just really, excuse me, being themselves and Mm -hmm. then trying to not have them immediately go on autopilot with those same stock questions that they get asked every other day.
0: Yeah. And then there were a lot of characters around that time, too, like Aaron True that fighters just kicked the piss out of him i do remember that yeah that was that was not a wise move especially uh jason something i forget his last name just smashed him he it was a boxing match they did they had headgear on but like Mm -hmm. he was concussed after that you could tell he was he wasn't right for a little while after that i used to talk to Aaron quite a bit actually but
2: uh Aaron actually uh hit me up once when I had my tie fight it was the exact same it was the it was the it was around the same time it's like we should we should broadcast together and for me it was the exact opposite reason for doing it like I've been a martial artist my whole life and I literally told nobody about that fight that I had until it happened and because for me it wasn't about any kind of publicity it was just like this is something that has been on my my bucket list for a long time I want to go in there and do this and um but yeah it's it's funny and it's it's funny too because i mean if you're you got to give the guy credit he was on to something look at how big these youtube fights are
0: as ridiculous yep. as they are <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah what was I say? bloodstained lane that's another one there were all kinds of characters that came along. i remember he even called you out one video and he just disappeared too i mean you can only have that shtick for so long but he's gone the only there's a character now i know you don't pay as much attention i don't either anymore but uh He's caught my eye a few times. Called the uh, the schmo. And do you know who Nardwar is?
2: I don't, unfortunately. No don't offense to Nard- Nardwar.
0: <laughs> oh, like Nardwar interviews uh, musicians. He's been around since like the early '90s, and he's, oh, uh, cool. yeah, every he brings up things with musicians. They're like, there. It's never public information. They're always every interview he does. They're yeah, always he always like, finds
1: like, almost like a secret, right? It's yeah, like something, yeah. Something from your past to really shock you. To to to, to it. It is a shock jock in a way, is. right? Yeah,
0: it's crazy. <laughs> it's really neat what Nardware does. But uh, yeah, this guy, the schmo, he's kind of like that. But this guy, the schmo, also has his own uh, podcast where he doesn't. he's not the character. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he said he had to be the character first in order to get attention and be taken seriously. Because when he was trying to be taken seriously, nobody would pay attention to him. And he's, he's a an knowledgeable guy. He brings a good product. It's something new. Not just the shtick thing, like the actual, uh, the more serious stuff he does. But uh, it's something nice to see because what it turned into at those characters I found was everyone tried to be Ariel Helwani, and it was like you know it's just nothing against Ariel, but it's just like you can't you can't all be Ariel. The, it's not you got to have different styles, you got to cover different things. But for they sure. all just it was like he was the, the the carbon copy of it, or everyone's trying to carbon copy it.
2: Yeah, and and you know Ariel has done such a good job of carving that out for himself. It's like and. Oh. I'm not sure how much football you guys get up there, but he reminds me of very much like a, an Ian Rapaport, just kind of like a just that the insider role, and I think you can only have so many of those because you only have so many people who are privy to that information. And for me, I, I was never on the hunt for that kind of ground, like that earth-shattering or news-breaking things. Like there, there are a number of interviews that I will never talk about. And a number of interviews that I immediately deleted the footage because I knew that they weren't supposed to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. This was not how – this would be misinterpreted by the people who were seeing it. Yeah. And th- that was just not what I was trying to, to come across. And, yeah. and and I wasn't going to betray their trust by uh,
0: by doing that. Back when I was covering it like uh, on a regular basis, there was one of the seasons of The Ultimate Fighter – I had different fighters on covering stuff that happened over the past week. You know what I mean? Like an episode recap. And uh, it was a common thing. Other places did it as well. But uh, there was a fighter that I had on and he actually won his fight. And Dana White, like, it's not like the, the decision was wrong, but he was, he did it in a very boring fashion. So I have him on like a couple nights later. And this is back when I did live shows. There was something wrong with the, the, the studio of online studio thing in blog talk radio. So we did a pre-recording. Ooh. Thankfully we did a pre-recording cause he heard, he watched the episode and obviously heard what Dana had to say. And uh, he said all kinds of things about Dana. And uh I called him, I texted him. I was like, can I call you? And, you know, we set up a time and I called him. And I was like, I really don't think you want this out there. Cause if this is out there, you can kiss any chances in the UFC you have goodbye. Yeah. Cause he was going in on dana also some of the things he was saying were uh, i don't think he was saying them to like say anything against gay people but he was using those kind of words you know what i mean sure. so calling dana those words um sometimes you got to save these guys from themselves
2: yeah that's that's yeah. completely true especially you know fighting is such a personal thing you, you know you're, you're putting yourself out there mentally physically your, your soul is there and when somebody has something to say about it you want to defend yourself but yeah that's like the cardinal rule of of mixed martial arts is you just, you do not <laughs> want to get mm. on Dana's bad side. Yeah. And luckily Dana was always very good to me in, in my career and I have nothing bad to say about him personally. He was always very good to me, but yeah, it's just one of those things that in that moment, it could have been much worse if you hadn't stepped in just because it would have gotten more views.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. It would have got, definitely would have got to show more clicks, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be part of that. Would, it's, not, it's not the thing that I was into. It's funny the uh, the, the thirteen second knockout fight. You know, like you said, you know, you didn't want publicity from that or anything. I still have the video, and I remember <laughs> when you told me about it. We're messaging each other back and forth, and I was like, "You got to send it to me. I got to see it." And you're like, "No, I don't really want it out there." I was like, "Okay, I can respect that." And then a few days later, you told me you and your mom were talking. And you're like, yeah, I like. She said it's probably all right to send it to you, and like, I kind of want you to see it, so whatever, whatever. And yeah, I've that I that when I accepted that it was on a desktop computer. I haven't had a desktop computer in like probably nine years or something. So it just keeps getting transferred to transfer, and then finally, clouds became a big thing. So now it's just in a cloud, safe forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I, was, I was. It's one of those.
2: Yeah, it's what because like the fighting is the fun part. The training is good, but I, I'm one of you know me, it's I'm I'm pretty laid back and I don't I don't like a, a ton of stress in my life. But it's just kind of a weird lingering feeling that there there is somebody out in the world who's like training at any point in the day to just beat you up. And that's like the mental headspace I couldn't get behind. So to add more pressure of like, everybody's gonna see this and everybody's gonna watch, just uh, I was not about that, man. That was not, <laughs> that was not what I was gonna that was I was it was hard I was trying to set myself up for success as much as possible
0: <laughs> yeah and, t- and talking about the uh, the access like you said it was so easy to get to gain access to these people and especially like you went to you frequented gyms and also the hot spot Las Vegas a lot you and, and your yep. family a lot like very often The same with uh California and uh like when I was in Vegas with you for like those five six days whatever it was we went to Randy Couture's gym. We went to Wanderley's gym, I'm pretty sure. And then at the MMA Awards, it's like everyone's there. We have access yeah. to all of them. What a crazy uh, time that was, too. Because like you're getting nominated for MMA Journalist of the Year. And it's like he's making goofy videos. You can hardly call that <laughs> journalism, right? You know Fair, what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a form of it. But it's still, it's like, really? This is what's getting nominated this, this time? And I think Aaron <laughs> True might have been up one year too. Right. But yeah, the access to them was just unbelievable. But now where there's more money in the sport, more corp- more corporate sponsors behind it stuff, uh, guys getting real managers, not their homeboy from around the corner. Uh, yeah. It's, it's definitely got a lot more difficult. And then plus there were certain management groups where they would like, they would block fighters from certain, uh, certain outlets. Right. And most of it was uh, website outlets at that time. There was no ESPN coverage, no Fox coverage, but yeah, I'd be like, you know what? You pissed us off. One of your people pissed us off. So you get none of our fighters. So it's, it's best to, to, to treat all the, the fighters and the managers to say, we had to kiss the manager's asses sometimes. Like, you know, make sure I'm, I'm good, and nice to them and proper to them. Um, but yeah, it's no, got it's gotten even worse with the money.
2: Yeah. Because it, it was such a, it seems like, oh, there's so many people, but you're right. The world in and of itself, especially at that time was so small. So if you did something, it was, the word was going to get out. Right. And I, and I will wholeheartedly admit that a lot of times when a manager would not like hit me back, if I just knew the fighter, I would just call them <laughs> I would just be like, oops, sorry. Just like, I, I know the guy. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give him a ring and, uh, and that's what's going to happen. So um, it was, it was one of those just moments in time where, and, and all these changes that have happened, I, I really don't want to come off as cynical or jaded because all in all, I think it's very positive, especially for the fighters. It's never been better than it is today for the fighters because they have the right protection. They're making more money. um, There is an avenue that they know success is going to exist. So this was just inevitably going to happen as the sport got bigger. Um, Mm. So I think it's, but I do look back very fondly on that weird in-between point in time because I talked to people like um, my editor uh, at MMA Weekly, Ken Pishna, who like after the main event of UFC would go out with like, like Tim Sylvia won the UFC heavyweight championship and they would all go out for beers afterwards. (laughs) Like, like, Mm so it was even (laughs) more so back then. And then we kind of came about kind of that last moment of that real, just kind of loosey goosey. Everybody's just here having a good time before it went full Fox ESPN, a legitimate like mainstream sport.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're not uh, just like me. You're, do you pay any attention to it anymore? I watch, I watch it and stuff, but I don't half the time. Now I might know some fighters on the main card. And then if it's like, you know, a guy who's at the end of his career, uh, like a Jim Miller or something, I'd be like, Oh yeah. He's like on the prelims. I remember him. But other than that, I mean, less and less I'm knowing the names and who's who until they rise to the cream of the crop. Is that kind of where you're at? Or are you just like done with it completely?
2: Yeah, and and it's not like it's one of those things. I'm like, oh I'm done with MMA. It was, it was just it kind of gradually happened. And, yeah, me too. Uh, your your t- your your interests and, and things like that kind of go in different directions. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, yeah, I remember because every once in a while, at least pre-COVID, uh, MMA Weekly would call me up and be like, "Hey, the fights are in Colorado. Would you mind covering it for us?" and For me, it's like, yeah, sure, because, you know, you get to go there and watch the fights and cover a little bit and see everybody that you used to hang out with. So it's always fun, and I'll I'll always take up that opportunity to do so. But I just remember there was a guy who they were interviewing after his fight, and they were basically talking about (laughs) this guy's like, well, you know, you've had a really good career here um what do you have to say about this is this one of your last fights and I'm thinking to myself I've never heard of this guy this guy's had an entire career <laughs> in the time span that I that, that I haven't been paying attention so it was one of those moments where it really hits you in the face because you do have to stay up with it even more than than ever before because there's so many
1: fights yep
2: and every I remember weekend now
1: right say mm-hmm. that again every weekend now right
2: Yeah, it's it's they they really just have it rolling and kudos to them to being able to find a way to safely do it uh during the pandemic. I think that was really awesome. It's just I I remember when you know we'd have people over to our house because there was like everybody would come over and we'd watch like UFC 79 or something and there would be maybe a UFC like two three months from there and all the cards were just stacked because they weren't so uh they weren't so just frequent and So anymore, it's even harder to keep up with it because, um, you know, there's fight pass cards. There's there's just yeah, they're they're every week and in different places with different people. And um, but every once in a while, I'll I'll tune in and I'll tell you what, they're immensely talented. Like uh, the person who I try to watch most often because I remember I did like a post fight interview with him. Maybe like his first or second fight in the UFC uh, is Max Holloway. Oh yeah, and, I mean, just supremely <laughs> talented and just a just an artist at what he does. And I, I love to to watch those guys. You're like Dustin Poirier, who I met at American Top Team like years ago, years ago,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, just try to uh, keep up with them. But every once in a while, like like you said, Jason, when there's somebody at the tail end of their career, it kind of kind of makes you sad a little bit, you know, because they're the people who you just love watching. And the first time that ever happened to me was with Chuck Liddell. But then, you know, you have just warriors out there like Carlos Condit and, and, and just people who, above everything else, love to fight. And mm-hmm. those are the ones that you are the saddest to see go.
1: Yeah. So you're a late teens, early 20s, right? Nominated for the MMA... Uh, Journalist Journalism. of the Year. Journalist yep. of the Year in your interest gradually shift how come it seemed like you were going like right for it that's a good yeah, question
2: no that's a really good and, question.
1: What, and what, what what did it shift to what could have well, been more and more interesting in cracking jokes with, I mean, made by <laughs> with just, chocolate just, hell <laughs> you know what i mean right i'm just yeah. i'm just wondering because I'm, I'm thinking of myself 20 years old doing some shit like that i don't think i would quit
2: yeah and i totally get it and i think it's because the type of content that i had to make shifted Um, because at that point in time, I don't think people really took YouTube as seriously as they do now. And it was like, well, you're either going to sign on with a big company or nobody's going to watch you. Um, so, um, I sold the website and then I worked for a couple, I worked for a company afterwards that I wasn't very happy with. And then I found myself at MMA weekly, which they've always treated me really well. I love that company tremendously. And Scott and Ken, um, but in that, it's, it became far more, one, news-oriented, which was never the thing that I wanted to do. And two, the, the access changed. And I think um, the moment that it hit me, and this is no offense to this person at all, um, because I'm sure they're, they're a really wonderful person and, uh, and they were really trying their best, but I was basically waiting in a scrum to talk to CM Punk. and. Oh, wow. And um, the, the moment that you couldn't get one-on-one interviews, and I just remember being crammed in with maybe like 20 different people next to me and we're all holding our cameras, trying to keep everything uh, as tight as possible. But at the end of the day, we're all getting the exact same footage, the exact same questions, the exact same interview. And then you go back and you hustle to your laptop and you edit it right quick. And then you go back to, to do it again. Mm -hmm. And that's just not what I really enjoyed doing. That wasn't the thing that I really liked. And there were a couple opportunities. And it's funny because you see these things happen all the time now, but I didn't see it happen before in MMA. where, you know, you see UFC all access. And I was doing that stuff like in in 2010, 2011, I stayed like a week at Donald Cerrone's ranch Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: and filmed him and, and, you know, Greg Jackson guys, and or, or I spent like an entire fight, like the week leading up to the fight with Gray Maynard when he fought Frankie Edgar for the second time. And those are the things that I really love doing. But the less access you get, the, the you know, the less that's going to happen, And even when you have access with other people. I like a good example of this. Um, I was doing a mini doc with Uriah Faber, one of the nicest guys in the game and just a tremendous human being. Um, and I was filming him and a manager from another fighter came up. He goes, whoa, 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 you can't film back here. This is da, 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 And Uriah had to come up and say, he's not filming your guy, man. He's, he's f- filming me, like, just like step off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was, it's just one of those things where those opportunities and the things that I really enjoyed doing and w- if I found really fulfilling to do just happened less and less and less until you're just kind of a point where you're just a guy behind the camera Getting the same interview as everybody else, and like I said, it's not anybody's fault. It's just that's the way mainstream sports are, basically.
1: So what I'm hearing is that UFC owes you money for all access idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know, I'm waiting for it in the mail. <laughs> yeah, call who? Who is it that bought them? Oh, how's this escape my? Who bought UFC a couple of years ago? That huge uh, media company. Yeah, that multimedia oh, company for like. Oh, four Billion dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. There. They owe you money now, they're off the hook, <laughs> they got it, they can pay. <clears throat> so, I know, uh, Viacom, no, what's that? No, 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 not Viacom, Viacom, owns Bellator, Bellator. So, yeah, that's the wrong, one. yeah. And they're gonna it's like try a, to... it's
2: an acronym like three
0: letter or something, yeah, yeah. So, I used to be an
2: MMA journalist, it's three letter something,
0: yeah, no kidding. I was just gonna say that we're terrible, eh? Zero <laughs> professionalism, <laughs> but uh, obviously, martial arts isn't out of your life, uh. Honestly. The, the gym the what you got going on there i'm not even gonna to try to explain the history of, of the the gym and the whole association i guess you could call it so elaborate on that for people and then the news you told me recently you know so there's going to be a time coming uh, any any day now where you're going to be taking over that gym from your parents and that is uh, a yeah. crazy honor
2: through through the whole th- just through the whole aspect of my journey in mma um I've always been training and teaching in martial arts and the, and I used to be very competitive, but especially as a junior, I won a couple of national championships and world championships in sport karate. And, oh, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but kind of as that came to an end too, around the time, and people always ask me too, cause I seem to like move on early from things because I think, you know, I especially got away from the circuit when I was like, I don't know, maybe, like 18, 19, 20, and then shift to Muay Thai and other things. But then um, the things that you find the most fulfilling are the things that you're going to want to do most often. And When I really transitioned from competition to really wanting to become a better teacher, that really became the biggest focus of, of my life. And I was so fortunate to just have some awesome students and be able to coach them to world championships, wow. and, which were, which honestly, it was far more gratifying than anything I ever did. And so that, that, that in and of itself, number one is ex- extremely fulfilling, but there's an immediate um, sense of like uh, gratification that you get from that when you teach somebody to do something and they learn it and then you see them grow. And, and it's even different than like teaching in school because, you know, school teachers only get a kid for a year, maybe two. And, you know, I'm training these kids uh, God, now, <laughs> now thinking about it, you know, they start when they're eight, now 10 years later, they're off to college and things like that. And, um so that that's really where my focus kind of went to to it was coaching and and trying to make sure that in in my in my opinion you know the goal of any teacher should be to to train people who will eventually be better than yourself and I think um a couple are right right there you know and I'm I'm really proud to say that wow that's crazy how's your mom ever going to walk away from this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's the thing it's like as far as walking away is concerned i i don't think and i would never want them to do so completely yeah um but as as things go on and, and my father as well as uh you know being the highest ranking person in our you know karate school and you know the president of the organization which is in a number of states and in puerto rico um you know he's a firefighter as well and he loves doing that and but you know he's getting close to retirement on that and much to his chagrin because he would love to do that forever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just kind of transitioning to, cause I've been the head instructor for a long time, but just transitioning to that new role and keeping things going. And it's something that they never pressured me to do or pushed on me. And that's really pretty unique to be honest in the martial arts world. You know, there's so many times I've heard, you know, martial arts be like, yeah, this kid's gonna take over the dojo, whether they like it or not. It's like, eh, that's how you drive <laughs> people away. <laughs> They're probably gonna quit. Um, but that's the thing. They were always super understanding, you know, whether it was at that point in time, like maybe he's gonna be an MMA journalist for for the rest of his life. Or um there was a point in time where I was doing some work uh with the local legislature and state government at the state house and just kind of dabbling in kind of uh politics for a hot second there and then Really? yeah yeah it's how'd you get into that you know, I, I like to dip my toe in, in a lot of things. <laughs> if it involves talking at people i suppose i'll give it a whirl <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i think as far as what what happens now is just kind of continuing that legacy with uh with the martial arts school and and because it's so gratifying to be able to see these kids grow up and become uh, you know, young adults that you're really proud of knowing and teaching and getting to know on a different level, and it's 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 pretty awesome.
0: So being being in politics for a little bit there, the little stint you had, you're out of it now. When you look at the state of what the politics is like in your country over the past four or five years, and I'm not talking strictly Trump, the whole thing is is a goddamn disaster. Uh, what, what do you? I I don't want to get into a whole bunch of politics, but like, what do you think, looking at that as someone who has dabbled in it?
1: Well,
2: there's a quote by a person who politically I probably couldn't be farther away from, but I think this point is really true. Um, You know, you could be a lot of things in politics, but the worst thing you can be is boring. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what we're seeing the most of today, right? I would love for politics to be boring. I would love to have to (laughs) not know anything about politics. I would love things to just be able to trust what's happening and just be like oh yeah they probably know what they're doing Um, (laughs) I would love that nothing would make me happier if I never had to think like I know far more about subjects that I would have zero interest in knowing about despite the fact they were thrust at me and anymore you have to do so much fact checking because so many of the things coming from everywhere people who talk to me and like, oh, you know, did you hear about this? I'm like, I'm not sure if that's true. And (laughs) like, yeah, no, this is, this is a lie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) fundamentally inaccurate. So, um, you know, the disinformation is, is disconcerting. And, um, I think looking back, you know, you can, you can trace back to any point in history, at least, you know, in American history or where people are trying to, politics has never been a clean business. So, um, I'm not surprised. I think the last four years could could be summed up as shocked, but not surprised. That's that would be <laughs> my, if I could put it into a <laughs> break, That's really how it was.
0: Yeah, man, it's a it's a dumpster dumpster fire watching from up here. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not far behind. Hold my on.
2: question for you: Flip this around. What in the world is it like being a spectator sport? Because being <laughs> in it. It's cool. it's, uh... It's it's rough sometimes.
0: I I honestly try to ignore it as much as possible, and it, I never was into politics. I'm still not, but you know, it just like people talk about it, this that, I just let it go by. But after Trump got elected, and I saw Canadians living in Canada, the only citizenship they have is Canadian citizenship, and they're posted hashtag not my president. Like, what <laughs> the hell are you talking about? Of course, he's but not you're your right, president. He's
2: not <laughs> exactly.
0: Like it's just what it. it once that nonsense started i completely got away from it but you still can't ignore the all the nonsense and uh you know krill pays way more attention to it than i do he gets a kick out of it it's like he it's like you know daily why do
1: you need to you, you you sort of need to follow these things because you don't know which one's gonna press the button because <laughs> i've seen that happen before you know what i mean I like, they care i know i know friends that are here from places that have been bombed and stuff you know what I mean and politics affects that a lot you know Yeah. so like I was saying I think Hillary if it was in office a lot of people would have died everybody would have died you know what I mean so everybody was hating Trump I was just saying yay, yeah, there's no Hillary Mm-mm. but I don't know you know what I mean I just follow them because I, I, I expect something bad to happen especially especially us being like no offense but they do you know what i mean they, they do build a lot of the economy on the war right a lot a, a lot, of, a lot sure. of the money comes from war so if there is no war if there if there is no war if there's no milk in somebody they're diamond. yeah a yeah, lot of it, the times right it's either borrow money from china or fucking bomb somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair. Uh, that's, sorry, that but <laughs> that's what it is though right mm-hmm. holy shit so you're
0: uh your new avenue you got going on now uh random side quests yeah. as you know i'm not into i'm not i mean i will could play some mario kart something like that but uh i'm always down for some mario kart uh, yeah so yeah you're like krill and i looked at it and i'm like i don't even know what this is like That's it's fair. right uh so what explain it it's, like i said to Krill, i'm gonna say to connor explain it to me like i'm five. <laughs> <What>? All <right. laughs>
2: Well, you know, it's, and these kind of channels exist periodically. They didn't exist for this particular game, but the best way I could like describe it is like, um, let's see, like if we were talking about Harry Potter, right? You could read the books of Harry Potter, but there is a world that also exists fictionally beyond just the story of this one character, right? Or Game of
0: Thrones, right? Did you guys watch Game of Thrones? I didn't. Mm -hmm. Sure Carl did. No. (sighs) I am terrible, Connor. I'm, I'm <laughs> horrible. I have anyway, no imagination, <laughs>
2: right? So, and I'm a big nerd, so this isn't surprising. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, like if you were to watch Game of Thrones, there's like the stories of these characters and whatnot, and the main plot. But the world that it's set in is, you know, written wise much older, and there's a lot of history behind what's going on. It's all fictional history, of course, but there, it's people are interested in finding out like the deeper lore behind these things, and you know, this exists with like. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, any kind of like world building um, aspect. And, and I kind of serve that purpose for this particular game called Horizon Zero Dawn, which is on the, p. it came out for the PS4 and the sequel is going to be coming out for the PS5. Hopefully soon. I'd love more to talk about, but. You already got on- one? Sorry. Say that again? You got a PS5? I did. I got my hands on one.
1: Oh. <laughs> people
2: ready to scrap for one here. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Connor, Connor's got hands though he's good <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that that's really what the the channel is about is kind of expanding on the of the world that this that this particular game takes place in that and this game became very popular uh during you know when it came out and it's still very popular and people are really excited for the sequel but for me it started off very much like well I know I'm not in, overly in media right now but You know, I want to keep my video editing skills sharp. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, proficient with Final Cut as as long as I possibly can. And, um, And I really like this video game. And I was basically searching for a channel that didn't exist that I ended up making. That's kind of how this came about because there are other games that are covered in this way that I really enjoy their content. Um, but I was looking for that for this particular excuse me this particular game, and like I said, it really wasn't around. So I'm like, well, you know, I'll make some videos. I'll do so this. What about what about now? You have competitors now. Um, that's the thing. That's the, also the thing that I really like about YouTube more than anything else is the fact that the platform in and of itself really isn't that competitive. Like, if I really wish there were more people in my space, because really the key to YouTube success. Is, and I think this was very misconstrued in the beginning of YouTube because people viewed it a lot like TV. Like, this is, we're number one in the time slot. They got to watch us and nobody else. Well, that's not true with YouTube. Generally, if somebody likes a topic on YouTube, they're going to look for more of that topic. Yeah. And you're going to, so it's really built around collaborating with other creators and, and talking through things. So, as far as competitors are concerned, I wouldn't consider myself to have any. I really don't even have a lot of people in the exact same space that I am, but I have been able to collaborate with a couple of creators that I really like. And um, so in that sense too, it's a little different than journalism because you're not trying to, you know, get the story or, or get this interview up before anybody else
1: gets it. It's very much a collaborative space. I was more so joking because you said you were the first one, right? So I figured. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, as
2: far as, as the channel is concerned, yeah for me it's it's very much a collaborative effort and it started off as something that i wasn't overly um concerned with making big or pushing it you know i just wanted to put out quality content to make sure that my you know voiceover stuff script writing editing stayed strong and then from there you know people ended up enjoying it and you know we've been getting subs ever since nice. getting the 40 50,000 hits right <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. We're uh you know some of the 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 channel just passed um the 2 million view mark a couple of days ago, which is pretty cool. Good job. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And um and especially like I said, for something that I never really expected to go um anywhere. I'm just always thrilled at the amount of people who decide to watch and decide to tune in and
1: and this and- is all of one game, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I've done a couple. So they, uh, so sorry,
1: we're just not familiar. So this is this no, is no, no. The... You're
2: all good. It's 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 funny this too. Is, YouTube, it's I like mean, finding I guess... that
1: niche. But I'm no, I'm just talking about the actual game. So the game is just like a non-stop thing. There's no there's no beat in it. It keeps growing. Right. It's a big uh, world building no, game, like there you is said. A, right.
2: End part to it for sure. But you know, basically, if you were to play the game, you could play through the main story of the game because it's an open world game. A lot like uh, Skyrim would be a good way to, to think about it, except it's a different setting. But you could play through the whole game and probably not know the entire story. Um, there are like uh, little um, snippets that's, and collectibles that reveal different parts about the world and, and the tribes that exist and things like that. And That's kind of my job to consolidate those things and kind of make them in a much more um, accessible way to somebody who might not go through and take hours on end to find out this information or pay attention to these things, but...
0: So uh,
1: how many should, hours do you burn? That's fine. what I was up. just thinking. How many hours <laughs> have you put
0: into playing the game? Oh,
2: man, how many hours have I put into playing Horizon? Um, playing the game, I've played through the game, I want to say two or three times, um, and just collecting um, game capture footage and things like that for, I've, I don't
0: even want to think about it, man, hundreds of hours. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, unless but, you go that deep into detail. Yeah, and yeah. but
2: the the nice thing is when you make a game that is so detailed, it is so story driven, it has this really badass female heroine, and you know it's, it's the the whole thing is just one, it's a beautiful game. Um, two, uh, it's funny because it's 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 a post apocalyptic game, but not in the way that you would normally think. Like you know, post-apocalypse, the world is like a charred wasteland, like Mad, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road or something like that. Which, by the way, phenomenal movie. Not slamming Mad Max Free Road, so it's amazing. <laughs> but um, it's it's very lush and green and verdant. And, um, but
1: it's funny. But so this is after, after after the life comes back a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And but it's funny because I just kind of lucked out. This kind of happened too. A lot of the game takes place uh, close to where I live. What do you mean? So, yeah. So, if you were to, even if you weren't to know anything about it, if you wanted to go to the channel, there's a series that I did called Metal World where I took the in game footage of like the ruins of these places that actually exist. Yeah. For narration, I went to those places and filmed them with a GoPro and I even bought a drone and stuff. So, we got some pretty cool footage and kind of put those back. -back. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So, that was just kind of a lucky break. I just totally lucked into that one. I'm like, I know where that place is. That's like 15 minutes from my house. (laughs)
0: Real quick, speaking of places by our house Krill, earlier, I remember Years ago you said to me, people come to visit you And so often they're like, can you show me Columbine? And you're like, it's just a school oh, yes. Kr- Krill, or just now He was like, when you were talking about things by our house He was like, yo, yo Columbine, Columbine Oh, well,
1: you said beside the things that were yeah, beside yeah. me Right, so
0: I was Yeah, asleep. yeah, and uh, Krill brought up a Good point, is that place still open? Absolutely, it's just a high school It's that's crazy That's, that's
2: the mean, thing, it's, it's a like A lot have- of bad
1: juju in there
0: yeah
2: it's uh, unfortunately there's a lot of bad juju everywhere these days but yeah, yeah it's it's yeah uh, i went to a high school in the same county as columbine and uh you know luckily nothing like that's happened in uh you know in, in decades i yeah. think that happened in 1998 if i remember
0: correctly I, I remember late 90s for sure yeah, yeah
2: i remember my mom because i was in elementary school at the time like she picked me up early from school and she didn't tell me what was going on Mm-hmm. and i just didn't go to school for a day or two because everybody was so freaked out there was just helicopters everywhere but crazy um but yeah it's you know i have students who have gone and and who go to that high school it is very much just your average high school school
0: yeah i mean those kids now to them that's ancient history right mm-hmm. if you're in like grade nine or ten or something it's like you weren't even alive when it happened
1: yeah, right, so. every
2: year, you know, they'd have extra security around the school during like the anniversary and things like that, just to make sure nothing wow. goes down. Imagine
1: the lunatics that would actually think of something like that. Jesus, fuck. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. I know. Sad. But uh, but back to the back to the
0: game. Uh, so if. Will you get to uh, an end of what you're trying to explain here? Will you run out of material there when if there comes to a point where you have to move on to something else? Oh, he's and waiting for the so... second one to drill you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the <laughs> sequel to drop.
0: Luckily it's been <laughs> announced for later this year. But yeah,
2: for real. it's. Uh... And luckily, kind of finding different ways to make the same, like to cover the same content's been uh, kind of a a, um, a challenge, but also kind of a growing experience for me. So going out there and finding like that series that i was explaining to you um just kind of del- delving into some like uh some additional information of you know trailer breakdowns and things like that that i don't normally do and kind of dabbling in other games as well um like i'm a really big fan of god of war and that combines That's a nice a one
1: of- I've, that's yeah. actually one of the last games i've played mm. yeah
2: Ooh, the new one that came out was just stellar it's it, it takes place like with norse mythology instead of Greece, greek mythology so was a pretty cool spin on it so we did a couple videos there and um, but we're mostly focused on the one game but um, I am looking forward to kind of anytime a game comes out that number one and this is something that I learned way back when we were doing um, MMA religion you know when when you're a content creator you have to enjoy the content you're creating otherwise you will burn out
0: so fast (laughs) yep absolutely so
2: less about like ooh what game is popular it's like what game is really do i really enjoy that i could just talk about nonstop and and not shut up about you know luckily my wife is a really big nerd too so we kind of <laughs> we enjoy it together otherwise it'd be I, I think i'd drive whoever i was with insane so <laughs> but yeah just kind of finding different ways to address uh similar material and, and hitting it from different angles has been uh, a unique challenge but also kind of an opportunity to think outside the box so um definitely have uh kind of dabbled in other games and won't continue to do so but you know i think as far as like this franchise is concerned you know luckily i've, I've kind of carved my my way into it and people seem to enjoy
0: it yeah. and being into uh creating video content doing your own editing for friggin 10 plus years right that's that i know of mm-hmm. uh, have you uh, spent quite a bit amassed quite a bit of equipment and editing software over the years
2: um luckily uh i bought final cut pro um a number of years ago and as it's gotten updates i've just continued to to do that um Mm -hmm. i I got i'm currently talking to you on a desktop (laughs) (laughs) Um, because i needed something that is just a little bit better as far as the the horsepower to help uh process all of the uh the large kind of files that the game brings over and then compress them just makes everything easier so um yeah you know oh, i, got I can My imagine. IMac here
1: videos um, rendering four to six hours right yeah imagine a video game yeah yeah so yeah they're... um yeah so I, I you know i got my iMac i'm talking to you
2: on a blue yeti right now for audio stuff and um yeah just you, you accrue things like you said over the years just trying to mm-hmm. you know game capture cards and things like that i don't use the the camera camera as much as often but periodically i'll do like a a face-to-face QA, you know, we'll put something out there so that way the community can, you know, ask questions directly and things like that. But on the whole, I try to keep things pretty lean and mean just to yeah. make sure that um wherever I need to go, because, you know, it, this started off when um my girlfriend now wife, you know, at the time we first moved in together, just a little desk, little computer, and and uh just trying to and then we moved and then we moved again and just trying to make sure that things can be easily adaptable so that way i'm never mm-hmm. like well it can't do this anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you said you mentioned too you bought a drone uh how much practice have you had with those i'm asking because uh krill Raps. so i mean you might have been able to tell it by his twitter name krill wraps um Fair. <laughs> and um we've been uh shooting a lot of videos over the past uh two years two and a half years something like that and especially lately and lately what we've brought in the past few videos is uh like we we hire a videographer and someone to control a drone. They they have their own equipment and everything. And uh, like the one guy that we brought out, he said that he's had practice with it, but never filmed anything like a music video. So that was reassuring. At the <laughs> film shoot, he lets us know this. But uh, how much practice have you had with it, and have you uh, have you made it smash into anything? Luckily, I haven't made it smash into anything.
2: I'm very fortunate that the video style that I make is very much like documentary style like slow pan and drift Mm -hmm. to the side it's it's (laughs) a lot of complicated maneuvers there i see those guys to do like real drone piloting and they're just like taking their thing through like some crazy paces i'm like I paid way too much money for this thing. I'm going to treat it like it's made of glass.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, we just actually had one knocked down by a bicycle. Oh, I got right? a bicycle. Yeah, I was just yeah, going to yeah, say that. Literally rode into, into it. Yep. I think they're designed to take a hit because you go up so high, they got to be designed to take a bird or something. Last Saturday, we were filming
0: uh, the first verse of this. The new video is going to be coming out. And uh, so the videographer, Carl and I were sitting in a in a G-Wagon for one of the shots. And he we were talking to each other about how We want to have this thing shot. And the drone was just hovering behind the videographer. We're pulling up like parking, like parallel parking. And it's being shot from the sidewalk, like angle looking down. So the drone's just hovering behind the videographer while he's chatting with us. And this guy on a bike comes by, didn't even notice it. Boom, right in the face. The even better part is the thing was recording. (laughs) <laughs> I hope you got that guy's signature to put that in the video. No, he actually he yelled, What the fuck? And he yelled, yelled something else and biked away. Oh uh, like, no, no no, we
2: need to sign a waiver. We gotta put this in the video. We're never gonna get the shot again.
0: Oh, it was funny, man. It was really funny. <laughs> I actually saw you play video games one time. It was when UFC first released that thing where you put the sensors on you, and it was like the UFC trainer game. We were at the Fan Expo in Toronto, wow. and you put it on just to check it out. And it was like basic punches and shit, and it was like incorrect. Tell you you're doing it wrong. I was fucking dying laughing. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was so man. Funny. I
2: told man, that's right. That Fan Expo in Toronto. That, that was, was a really dope. good trip, man. That was that was pretty. That was when. Um, Mark Hominick fought Zombie, right? And then he fought PSP
0: um, and uh, Oh, Jake Shields. Right. That's right. Jake Shields. And Jake Shields got wrecked. Oh, yeah. Did he ever. That was a great card. Roy McDonald and Nate Diaz. Ooh. Yeah, that card was crazy. That was UFC 129. with 55,000 people. That was nuts. Yeah, man. That was a good time. That whole week leading up to it. The Fan Expo was a good time. Uh, that was a
2: thing too man I remember I went to one fan expo after, post Reebok and dude it was so like lame. not cool <laughs> yeah
0: I've heard yeah
2: because uh, uh, so yeah those fan expos like I remember going to the ones in Vegas and that one and mm-hmm. the, you know independent vendors there doing all kinds of stuff and and that was just like that was such a blast to see everybody just trying to do their thing and make their way and then it was just like a, a, a Reebok showroom <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what i heard um uh, uh, elizabeth nooser from uh fight chicks i don't know if you remember that apparel brand or whatever but uh she told me about it a few years ago like whatever the switch happened and uh she said it's just it's a shame it's nothing like it used to be
2: yeah it's unlike you say it's, it's not like you go to like an, an nfl event and there's a bunch of independent vendors there or like a yeah or, or whatever the soccer thing is Soccer is not big here, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah, it's like whatever kind of event is happening there. It's not like this cornucopia of independent vendors. It's very much the same. So, like I said, it's it's not like oh, the UFC is doing all the terrible things. Like just the natural progression of things. You know, the sport gets bigger. You know, makes more money, and then this is what
1: happens. Uh Somebody comes and buys the whole showroom. Yep, (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) I walked into that expo and I had to piss so bad. So I walk in and there's a bathroom right to the right. So I go into the bathroom. As I'm walk- turning around to walk away from the urinal, BJ Penn came walking up to the urinal as I was turning to walk away. And I'm like staring at him to the point he gets to the urinal. I was like, hey, this is getting creepy now. And he looked at me and nodded. He was like, yeah, I know, I'm BJ Penn. Not in a rude way, like a joking way to make it not so awkward. But, uh, like you know, accessibility, you would never see. An NFL superstar and be like, LeBron James isn't just going to come strolling into the public sure. bathroom, right? like it's not going to happen.
2: and it, yeah, the, I think the attitude, and I you know I, this is purely I'm just inferring here like because I have been out of the sport for a, a fair amount of time, but I think there was there's something to be said about you know not only were these people that came about at that time where we were in it and before, you know they there was no guarantee that even if they were successful in the sport that the sport was going to be successful right that's true like like there is just such like a ah, for such a long time you know pre like there's so long that it was even illegal in in new york before you know the, that was like the, a big hurdle that ufc had to to overcome more uh just the fact that the business could go under the sport might not be here and the people who came in first were fully aware of that and were just doing it because they loved it and loved the competition of it and I think those people just. There was no sense that anybody was going to get famous from doing this, or anybody was going to get rich from doing this. It was just, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. I love doing it, and I think, um, you know, that attitude is going to be less and less and less because, you know, just like any other athlete, you know, with it with a, uh, a league that pays a lot of money has a lot of prestige. It's like, if I'm going to be good at this, guess what? I'm going to make a ton of money and be famous. So <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> now we got Connor now we got connor (laughs) he's like the mayweather of mma
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah with the arrests and all (laughs) um yeah you know what else is funny about that week in toronto uh you got we were going somewhere from the expo i think we were going to eat or something and uh i got you to ride with uh rob and anna because like the me and camilla who was dating at the time and my buddy Jarrett the car just reeked of weed and I was like I don't know what's going to happen with this 18 year old kid if he gets in that car I was <laughs> like you gotta go with them now being where you're from Denver Colorado I, it's <laughs> like the they're just like yeah bring it all on and I was also shocked to find out like six months ago I posted something on Facebook what's better after a long day of work and it was a bud and a beer beside each other And your mom was like oh definitely the weed or whatever I was like what Carol Cordova smoked weed so uh, being where you live did we? Did you get into the whole uh, the the uh, explosion of marijuana and that that the state? devil lettuce the devil's lettuce the electric lettuce? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, one of the it's it's
2: so commonplace here. Yeah, like even people who you know smoke. It's not like everybody who smokes is a stoner kind mm-hmm. of deal. It's just very much like, yeah, I'm just gonna go over there. It's like there's a dispensary next to the Walmart or, you know, there's this or that. And, and um, it, it was really good. I will say this hundred percent, like when it got legalized here, mm-hmm. like any storefront that was closed seemed to instantly become a dispensary. Like <laughs> 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 it, they just like were everywhere. And it's, it's so I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people too, who are like, you know, if, if you want to do this, go ahead. This is mm-hmm. a quote unquote victimless crime. Like I don't know why this isn't the case everywhere just live your life man don't don't drive and you're fine. But, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think if if you're here in Colorado, it's funny too cuz you know people like when they come out to visit or when they did, you know, free weirdness. You know like uh can we can we go to a dispensary? It's like why are you whispering?
0: No shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like not it's not yeah. that big of a deal. You go in it's like a Walgreens, okay? Just like calm down
0: yeah it uh it became legal here in 2019 right right across the country um but the the dispensaries are controlled by the government and they're, it's terrible the weed's terrible the price it's massively overpriced the product's old yeah it's awful but yeah if you there's, something good yeah, you're
1: paying 50 for three grams oh yeah it's, it's ridiculous so
0: it's, it's, it's well, thankfully there's a way around that to go to multiple different dispensaries, you can get delivery, it can come in the mail, whatever you want, and it's a lot cheaper, a lot better. Uh, but yeah, like you said, about every uh, every closed storefront became a dispensary after that. I live downtown in the city I live in, and it's not like it was like there was, everything was was shacked up or, or boarded up, but there was some empty places, and within the past year or so, there are more and more all those empty places. That's what you're seeing government dispensaries pop up. That's
2: crazy, because uh, all the liquor stores also...
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Liquor yeah, Control yeah. Board of Ontario. That's what our liquor board, the liquor store is called.
1: That's the thing about that too. You go to every dispensary here, and everything is the same. yeah If you go to just like a liquor store minutes, here, it's yeah, not not you. you, you. There is no there is no spe- something special about the special place. They're yeah. all the same. Yeah, <laughs> they're all the that, same.
0: That, that is
2: interesting. Yeah, because that's you know obviously not the way it is here, and is, like feels like it's known a lot for like craft brewing, like. Craft Mm -hmm. stuff like that, too. So that's like a big thing here. So that's it's interesting. I could could
0: see that. I could see that people skiing and having their craft brews. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. They're like, no, daddy, buy me a beer. (laughs) 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 Oh,
0: oh, man. All right, Connor. Is there anything else you want to get in or any news there? Anything you got upcoming you want to get in before we let you get out of here?
2: Uh, you know, I'm I'm really bad with social media. Um, but if you want to check out the channel, if you are if you're a fan of Horizon Zero Dawn, it's called Random Side Quest. I'd love for you guys to to check out the channel. And also, I know you guys don't play video games. I'm or I'm I'm a big. I, I gotta say, like some of the best stories that are being told right now, I think, in, in media are done in video games right now. That's just, I'll get off my soapbox it's i think it's, <laughs> it's this is like a, a golden age for for quality gaming for people who who want to uh get into the hobby and it's yeah so yeah just check it out random side quests it's, we have we have fun it's a good time
0: <laughs> this has been a good time as well all right carter we'll let you get out of here we really appreciate you giving us the time thanks and, for coming through him yeah like he said Thank random you, so si- nice talking to you guys what's that sorry I just said it was great talking to you guys. Great catching up. Oh, absolutely, man. It's, it's great. And like for the listeners, I, there's been times it's came up on certain shows talking about how I got in MMA media, not in depth, but you're you're the sole reason. You messaged me on Facebook one day asking me if I've ever tried writing, gave me a shot to write something about Million Ankle and MMA religion, put me on as a staff writer, hooked me up with the MMA diehards after that. That's where I met Joe Rizzo started getting into podcasting learning how to write ap style and honestly this show wouldn't exist or i would not be part of it if it wasn't for you because well, i never would have got, gotten into that shit any other way
1: somehow there's a Russian always involved yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's always very
2: kind of you to say but i gotta say like uh, on the other end of things there were so many people who were like Oh man, can I do something for the channel? And I'd be like, okay, do this, and I would never hear from them again. <laughs> like the only person who was like, yeah, I'll absolutely, do. It. I'm like, okay, this dude, this dude, he gets it. He won't. Let's let's get it. So
0: yeah, please. I made the most of it. That's for sure. But absolutely. like I said, you gave me the chance, and uh, I really appreciate that to this day.
2: Oh, my pleasure, man.
0: All right, everyone, make sure you check out Random Side Quest. And what's the name of the game again, Connor? It's called Horizon, Horizon? Zero Dawn. Zero, Horizon Zero Dawn. All right. For Amy Barton, who could not be with us tonight, but she will be back for the next one. For Kroka for Connor Cordova, the man of the hour. For Jay Kelly, this is The Building Downtown. We out. Peace. The Building Downtown. Building Downtown. Building Downtown. Building downtown.